Hello there. Happy Memorial Day, first and foremost. Um, If you are listening in the United States, then you know that it is a holiday for us here um, that we call Memorial Day, where we remember uh, members of our armed services that have passed away and they served our nation um, and the people of this nation with their lives. And so we take time to honor them and to honor their sacrifice. Um, So that's the very um, clip notes version of Memorial Day and why it's um, important to us here in this country. And beyond that, um, it's also a day where people like to gather and typically, you know, barbecue, um, you know, be out and about. I am often traveling around this time of the year, but this year, as we all know, is a whole different bag of nuts. So we continue with um, prayerfully, everyone is continuing in their quest to be safe, um, to follow the guidelines and the recommendations um, in your part of the world, and to get through this pandemic and continue to um, live to the glory of God. So I do pray you're well and have been doing well since we were together last. I am remaining vigilant in my efforts to stay home and to do my part to help us get better soon and help flatten that curve. So uh, I'm excited to be back with you because God has given me a word for you. Um, And it came to me as he often speaks to me um, in the middle of the night. It probably might have been early morning, actually, if I'm being more accurate. But I was in the bed. I was kind of semi-awake and I just heard this in my spirit. Your destiny isn't canceled. And I saw, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's a word. That's a word. And so I wanted to bring that word to you because I know in these uncertain times, things are happening that, you know, many in our lifetime have never experienced. There are some people who have lived through similar things in the earth and they are thankfully here to tell us, hey, it gets better and, you know, we'll make it through. And it's always wonderful to have those reassuring voices from our elders and those who've been through something. You know, I think that's why, you know, the word of God is so impactful because we're taking testimony directly, not only from God, but from people who lived and breathed just like us. The Bible makes it clear they were not superheroes. They were regular men and women just like we are um, in their generation living for God and doing their best to serve the purpose of God for their lives. And so you fast forward here to 2020 and we are the same. And someday, you know, our posterity will look back and they'll reflect on the lives that we lived in this time. And they'll be able to draw if the Lord should tarry his coming. They'll be able to draw wisdom and strength from our testimonies of victory, how we overcame, how God was faithful as he's always been to see us through whatever we face. And you can't help but think about your future when you are in the midst of a hard time and challenging situations and circumstances, even if it's not a pandemic, just being in the midst of difficult situations has a way of making you kind of think about what comes next and, you know, how am I going to make it out of this thing and what is life going to look like on the other side of this? Uh, And, you know, the fact that the Lord said to me in, you know, in my heart, your destiny isn't canceled. I believe that he wants us to know that he is still Lord God Almighty. And no matter what is happening, what has happened, Uh, There is good news and there is victory up ahead. 
And I think that's worth pausing um, a holiday, pausing an afternoon to just bring that good news and bring that good word to you so that your heart can continually be encouraged. You can continually be strengthened in your mind when the enemy tries to come maybe and put some lie in your mind or in your, you know, in your psyche about this is the end. You're not going to make it. You know, you you're done. You're finished. Your business is done. Your family's done. Your finances are done. Whatever that might be, your health is done. You can stand up boldly and say and declare, no, Satan, you're a liar. And my destiny isn't canceled and never can be, especially not by you. The only one that can cancel our destiny is the one who created our destiny. And that's God. And he's already said that will never happen. So that is where we're going today. And I just want to take a few minutes. I know I always say that you guys, <laughs> I always start off with the best intentions, but you know what? We have to let, we have to let, um, God do his thing. And I believe when we're casually chatting and when I'm deep into, um, the heart of the word, uh, it's all God. I pray, um, each time I minister to you via this vehicle of the podcast, it's ministry for me, um, no matter what the subject is. And I take it very seriously. And so I always cover it in prayer and ask the Lord to speak through me just so you kind of know my heart posture when I'm coming into this. So I definitely always ask the Lord to go far beyond what I've studied and prepared in my own, you know, cognizant knowledge of what I want to share and what I believe he's given me because he always has more. He knows who's listening on the other side of this. He knows exactly what you're facing, exactly what you need to hear to make that transition. Um, maybe from a place of fear into a place of faith, maybe from a place of hopelessness into a place of hopefulness. And so that's what we aim to do here. This is the good life with Dawn Richardson. I didn't even introduce myself at the beginning, so let me go ahead and do that. Welcome to The Good Life of Dawn Richards, and I am Dawn Richards, your host. And so, um, yeah, this is this is a word in due season for, I think, everyone that has ears to hear. And I want to take us to the word um, that connected with me when I heard your destiny isn't canceled. I connected it to Jeremiah 29 and 11, first and foremost. Um, and there are some other scriptures that really echo this, this theme and, you know, this blessing from God. But let's start in Jeremiah 29. So if you have your Bibles or if you need to go grab your Bible um, and you are able to do so, go ahead and do that. And meet me over in verse 11. And I'm going to start by sharing it out of the Message Bible translation because I really love the way it's captured here. And then we'll also look at the New Living Translation. So if you don't have either of those translations, maybe you have the King James Version, no worries. Just listen closely. You can always go back and look it up online. Um, there are many you know, Bible um, websites and, and apps that you can look it up to get those translations um, real time. So here we go. And he starts here in Jeremiah 29 by saying, this is God's word on the subject. Now, it kind of mixes verses 10 and 11 together in the message translation. So I'm going to take the liberty of skipping down. But God is letting us know, this is my word. This is what I have to say about this. And at this time, the children of Israel were actually in captivity in Babylon based on their disobedience and just their waywardness towards God. You know, they had gone off into captivity. Their enemies had overtaken them. And so God is basically giving them a word and a promise that you're not going to always be in captivity, that there is 
going to come an end to that trial, to that trouble, and you're going to be restored to your land. But we're going to get down to verse 11. And so he says, I'm speaking here. This is me talking in case you're wondering. And he says, I know what I'm doing. Isn't that so reassuring? God says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Now, when we think of destiny, you can't help but think of future because they're basically one and the same. Your destiny or your destination is basically your future. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen down the road? Where am I going to land? Where am I going? Where am I headed? And God says, I'm saying this from me to you. A, I know what I'm doing. So although it may seem like God has his head under the covers and, you know, he's nowhere to be found during this pandemic, we know that that is, couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, if it were not for God, the whole world would be wiped out and it would have been wiped out long before you and I ever showed up on the face of the earth. And so he knows what he's doing. You know, he's had some practice at this, don't you think? (laughs) Being the eternal God that he is, uh, the God of the ages. And he says, I have it all planned out. So did you know that your life is not just a happenstance? Did you know it's just not a, oops, oh yeah, there goes Dawn, or oops, there goes such and such. No, your life has been planned out. God says, and these are the plans I have for you, because it's one thing to have plans, for someone, but those plans may not always be the best plans, but God says, these are the plans that I have for you. I have plans to take care of you. How about that? Glory to God. I have plans not to abandon you, meaning I'm not going to leave you stranded in your difficult situation, in your hard time, in your mess, even if you created it yourself. I am the God who will rescue you and deliver you and restore you and bless you and love you, whether anybody likes it or not. So I'm not going to abandon you. I absolutely am going to take care of you. And I'm going to give you the future you hope for because your destiny isn't canceled. This situation and circumstance that we're facing right now does not mean that God's purpose and plan for your life is somehow now upended. And could never possibly be fulfilled. To the contrary, even if it means starting over in some ways, even if it means taking a different route, what God has promised is that ultimately the future that you hope for, it's yours. The destiny that you're destined for, that destination that he's put your name on to say, this marks the spot for you, the good life. It will come to pass. And it's continually unfolding day after day after day. I like something that my pastor says. He says, you know what? If today was a bad day, go to bed, get up and start all over again tomorrow. And if tomorrow's a bad day, get up and start all over again the next day. You just keep going to bed and keep getting up. And eventually you're going to bump into that goodness that God has promised to you because he's faithful. And yes, we can all have those days, those moments, those seasons where it's hard, it's challenging, it's painful, it's sorrowful. 
But he said, weeping may endure for a night. But joy always comes in the morning. Do you, did you notice that God never leaves us on the down note? He never leaves us on the down note. He never, he never leaves us on the defeated note. He never leaves us on the so sorry note. He always leaves us on the up note, the upside, the good side. And he says, yeah, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, COVID-19 may endure for a season, but your destiny is not canceled. I know what I'm doing. And if anybody knows what they're doing, God knows what he's doing. So it's one thing for the CEO to say he knows what he's doing. It's another thing for the president of the of, of your country to say they know what they're doing. He or she knows what they're doing. But it's a whole nother thing altogether for God himself to say, I know what I'm doing. And he started it off by saying that because he wanted us to <sighs> pause and think about that. He wants us to remember who he is. How great thou art. Glory to God. And then as we muster up that renewed strength and courage, we're positioned to soldier on. We're positioned to go for it and run and see what the end's going to be and lay claim and hold to all that he has for us. That's why he's been building us up in courage and in boldness and in speaking forth the word of God in power for a time such as this. It's all a divine plan. And he says, I've got it all planned out. You know, God is the most purposeful being there ever is, ever was and ever will be. Meaning, he never does anything without a purpose. God doesn't allow a flower to be planted without a purpose. He didn't allow you to be born into this physical realm, into this earth, without a purpose. So you were preceded by purpose. I have a whole teaching on that. Um, in my devotionals, but yes, you were preceded by purpose. The mere fact that you are here means that you have a purpose. God didn't come up with the purpose after you were born. No, the purpose is what caused you to be born. Hallelujah. So he says, that's not canceled. Your destiny isn't canceled by some rogue disease from the pit of hell, by financial troubles or family issues or health concerns or challenges or sickness and disease, loneliness, anxiety, whatever it might look like, heartbreak. None of that could ever overwhelm and outdo the love that he has for you and his power to make sure that you are all good. So isn't that wonderful? I mean, that just blessed me. And I, I was like, okay, this is the next word for the Good Life of Dawn Richards podcast. This is the next word we're going to dive into because I know that we all need to be reassured. God knows that we need to be reassured. He knows us because he created us. And sometimes when you're letting the news and the media and, you know, the naysayers and the conspiracy theorists and all of that run rampant in your mind and in and out of your ear that you can lose a little bit of focus and sight off of what the truth of the matter really is. And the truth of the matter, no matter what the physical, natural, outward circumstances may say and be screaming 
And it's not to say that those aren't real. We know they're real. You know, if you look at your bank account and there's no money in there, that that's real. You know that if your body is racking with pain, that that's real. But here's the greater news and the greater thing. It might be there, but it doesn't have a right to stay that way. It might be that way, but it doesn't have a right to stay that way. That's why the word of God says the things that are seen, the things that are perceived with our five physical senses are subject to change. They're temporary, but the things which are eternal or the things that are unseen, excuse me, are eternal, meaning the word of God, the promises of God. They will always outdo, outlast, outtrump this physical temporal realm. I love that because that reminds me of one of my favorite of all time reality shows, Survivor. And think about it, Survivor. In order to be the sole survivor that walks away with that million dollar check, if you're not familiar with the series, you've got to outwit, outplay, and outlast all the other components that showed up on that island and jumped off the boat. And you've got to do it until the very end. And you got to convince them to let you stay around. So there's a lot of strategy involved. And you know, when it comes to our lives, God has set us up because he has the master strategy. I love it that we don't even have to come up with the strategy. All we have to do is just get with him. He's already designed our lives. He's already created the path. All we have to do is get on it and get in flow with it. Now that's where it can get tricky because sometimes we're going our way. And we have our plans. And the Bible says man plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. And I'd much rather God wreck my plans than I wreck my own life. So if if God has to wreck my plans in order for me to stay on the path he has for me, have at it, Lord. You have my permission. Glory to God. But as we get into alignment with his will for us, as we first and foremost become in tune and knowledgeable of what that will is, the easier it is to discern and ultimately to flow in it without that tug of war, so to speak, because you don't want to live your life, you know, constantly, you know, at odds with the plan and will of God for your life. That's no way to live. We're talking about the high life here. We're talking about the abundant life, the good life that Jesus said he came to give us. And so once we are able to flow with him, Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. Doesn't mean we won't get off the path altogether at times. But ultimately, the tone and tenor of our lives as we continue to grow in our walk with him and in our knowledge of him will become more seamless and more in sync and more like a symphony because there will be harmony between our will and his will. And that can only bring about goodness. Glory to God. So let's take a quick look at this in the New Living Translation. I like it here too. And he says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So again, he's reminding us who's talking. He says, it's me talking. It's your Abba Father talking. Your Daddy. Your Abba God. And he says, they are plans for good. Plans for good. See, we serve a good God. The Bible says that he is good and he does only good. You need to settle that today because the enemy will try to have you believe that God really isn't good. Therefore, he really won't come through for you. Therefore, your destiny actually may be canceled. 
Because how in the world could a good God allow this to happen to me? But no child of God, you've got to always stay on the side of God and on the side that he is good no matter what. Because he is. And he says, my plans for you are good. We see his MO throughout the word. When he created man in the garden in Genesis 1, he said that he created everything and it was what? Very good. So his will for mankind has always been good, good, and more good. <laughs> Pardon my English. Hallelujah. So his plans for you. I want you to make it personal. His plans for you are for good and not for disaster or not for evil. Yes, there is evil lurking in this world and it would love to pounce on anyone that would let it. But God has given us the authority to rebuke it, resist it, bind it, put it under. So that we can continue to live and thrive and soar and flow with him. And we're not on our own. We do it by his power. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 that he, 1 and 3, he upholds all things by the word of his power. So we simply take his word, which is our inheritance, which is our armor, and we wax bold with it. And we see those things manifest in our lives. Glory be to God. He says, my plans for you are for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And remember in the message translation it said to give you the future you hope for. So remember once again that God's got your future in his hands. Your future is secure in him. And not only is it secure, but it's bright. I've been saying that over myself for years. Hallelujah. I say, Lord, I thank you that my life is in your hands because the scripture says that. And let's go ahead and turn over to Psalms 31. Psalms 31, verse 15. Let's go there. Because it actually tells us that you may think, Dawn, you're just saying that you're just trying to hype me up. I'm your hype girl now. I'll be your hype girl, but I'm not making it up. I'm going by what God has said. And it's so good that, hey, it gets you hype. It gets you excited. It fills you with courage and hope. And that's how we're supposed to live. Because that's when we are a witness. I've never seen anybody turn anybody on to God with a frown, a scowl. Woe is me every time you see them and hear them and, and, and they talk. No, we've got to be ready with the good news. It doesn't mean that we don't have our own challenges and circumstances and hard things. And we can be honest about that but we don't want to leave it there because that's not our resting place our resting place is what what God has said so yes that may be the fact but the eternal truth remember we just talked about a moment ago that supersedes and overcomes that fact is where I'm going to hang my hat I'm going to hang my hat on yeah you know there is a cough there is a you know, a sniffle, but by his stripes, I am healed. So then you have to choose where you're going to hang your hat. Which one are you going to let have the final authority and the final word and say in your life? And if you're a believer, 
then the word of God is the final authority in your life. Because he said in Romans, let God be true in every man, every contrary situation and circumstance, a lie. In other words, his word is going to prove it to be a lie because it's going to overcome it. And so here in Psalms 31, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, in verse 15, he says, my future is in your hands. See, the one who determines what happens with your destiny and your future is the one who's got it under their control. The devil doesn't control your future. The devil can't control your destiny because it's not in his hands. It's in God's hands. And he says the ones that Jesus has given to him and that have been placed in his hands, he won't let them go. So, ha ha. Only the one that has it in their hands, that controls it, can determine what happens. You can't control what happens to the $100 bill in my hands. Only I can do that because you don't have control over it. Now, if it's in your hands, that's different. Then you control it. And so God here wants to make it clear to all concerned that our lives are in his hands. One, another translation says our times are in your hands. Another says our life is in your hands. All of that, I say yes and amen to because ultimately it once again reassures us that God is intimately aware of us. He has intimately and on purpose designed and scripted. And we're going to see that in the word in just a moment. Every single aspect of our lives and the end result is good, good and more good. If you choose to believe it and if you choose to flow with it. So I say today, I'm a believer, glory to God, and not a doubter. And I hope you are too. Your destiny isn't canceled. You know, you're asking, what about, but what about my future? What about my future? Your future is in his hands and it's gloriously bright. And I want you to start saying that over yourself. Make that your confession. Let any and all demons from the pit of hell know that, yeah, you're planning on being here and you're going to do it with the blessing of the Lord covering you every step of the way. Because that's what he's promised. He promised to give you the future that you hope for. So what is it that you've hoped for? Have you hoped to have a loving, nurturing marriage and family? Have you hoped to have a strong, healed body, a sound mind? Have you hoped to be able to provide for yourself and, and to be a blessing to others financially and to be self-sufficient and to live with dignity? Have you hoped to lead other people into the kingdom of God and to teach them about Jesus and his love for them? All those things, whatever it is you've hoped for, and you can make a list. Maybe you need to refresh it and go before God and say, okay, Lord, this is where we are today. And this is what's in my heart. Now let's talk because he's promised his plans for you are for good, not disaster. 
And he is going to give you a future and a hope. Your destiny isn't canceled. I'm going to keep saying it. And so he says here, my future is in your hands. Glory to God. So you can take a big old Holy Ghost deep breath and say, Lord, thank you. I don't have to be worried about my future. I don't have to try to figure out everything that's going to happen to get me from to, from point A to point B because you promised that that's your domain. You see, God has his part and we have our part. Our part is to receive what Jesus has already achieved. And you hear me say this all the time. Jesus obtained the victory handed it off to us, went back to heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God, Father in glory, and we're seated with him in heavenly places. And when he handed us the victory, our job now is to maintain the victory, not fumble it and give it back over to the enemy, but to hold it securely and tightly. The Bible says, hold fast to that which thou hast received and learned. So we hold fast to our victory. We hold fast to our salvation. We hold fast to our healing and our wholeness and our soundness and our protection and our deliverance and our prosperity and our joy and our peace and our fruitfulness and every other good thing that makes for life and godliness. Because God has already brought it to pass. He's already done it. In fact, Grace says, or grace makes, and we, by faith, take. So there's this dance between grace and faith. By grace are you saved through faith. So grace sets the table. And then faith, your faith, your belief in what God has promised to you through his word, takes in fact to believe actually means to take glory to God or to receive means to take so when you believe that you receive Mark 11 instructs us that we are to believe that we receive when we pray that we have it right then in other words we're to take it so if I've already taken it then it's mine unless I let it go. And we're not going to do that. So let's go over now. Um, I want to share one last scripture with you on this in Psalm 139. And then you can continue your study in your own private time. But I love, oh, oh y'all, I love Psalm 139. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. Uh, my mom loves it too. She's always talking about Psalm 139. But it's so beautiful. Because once again, it reinforces that your life and absolutely nothing about your life is a, a surprise to God, is an accident, you know, is a, oops, okay, angels and Jesus, that one over there, what are we going to do about them? No, none of that. Everything about your existence, your literal being is on purpose and architected by the God of the universe. Hallelujah. 
Remember that phrase I gave you, you're preceded by purpose. I think I'm going to write a book on that someday. But you're preceded by purpose. First came the purpose, then came your life in response to the purpose. So don't let anyone or anything ever convince you that you're in this earth without a purpose. Now you may not yet know what that purpose is, and that's where you're going to have to get before God and make it your aim and your mission to discover your purpose because purposes are not dis- are discovered. You don't make your own purpose. I didn't call myself to the ministry. I don't call myself to do the things that God has graced and gifted me to do and assigned me to do in life. No, I discover it. I discover these giftings as I live my life out. God continues to show us who we are in him and the great things he's put inside of us. And we continue to just respond and grow and evolve and transform. Hallelujah. Into all that he's called and created us to be throughout our lifetime. Look at the Proverbs 31 woman. All that she was throughout her life. I don't believe that that was her every stage of her life. I believe it was different stages of her life that she was evolving as a wife, evolving as a mother, evolving as a businesswoman, evolving, you know, as, as a leader. And ultimately it culminated in this phenomenal woman whom her children and husband praised. The key to it all, the Bible reveals, was her love and reverence for God. That was the underpinning of it all. And so, hey, we've all got some more living to do. We've all got some more graces to finish our races. Hey, <laughs> I wrap them spare time. No, I really don't. Y'all know I want to. But I don't know that I have that grace. Praise the Lord. But here in Psalm 139 and, and even the verses we've already looked at, um, you see that our lives are front and center before God. The Bible says that he, he thinks of us so much, the thoughts towards us that he has is greater than all the sand on the seashore. And just think about even when you walk down a beautiful beach and you pick up a handful of sand and it just starts to trickle through your fingers. God's thoughts towards us are more abundant than that. Imagine that. And if you are a parent, you know that even a fraction of that you have towards your own children. I don't really know a parent that's worth their snuff that probably doesn't have their children at the forefront of their hearts, no matter how old they are, at some point in time throughout the day and throughout their lives for sure. Because it's your God-given design. You get your similitude of fatherhood and motherhood from God. And that's why your hearts are inclined towards your children the way they are. And that's why God's heart is inclined towards us the way that it is. So let's go over to verse 16 here in Psalms 139. And I'm just going to stick with the New Living Translation. But again, you can read it in your own translation, whatever you have there before you when you have your personal time. But just listen in right now. And you can also look these translations up pretty easily um, on the internet, in Bible apps. You can even ask Siri and it'll give it to you. Okay, so Psalm 139, verse 16. We're going to start there. 
And here he says, you saw me before I was born. So even before you physically arrived, he saw you and he knew you. And I think that's why when babies are born into the earth, their spirits are still so close to God. I think even with little kids, little children, you may see them playing and they're talking. It looks like they're talking to themselves. And I've seen them where they're laughing and they're just, ha, 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 ha. And people are looking like, wow, what's going on? But I personally believe that they're probably entertaining angels. They're communing with the Lord because their spirits have just recently come from God. We come from God into this physical realm. And they're still quite sensitive to the Lord and to the things of the Lord. That's why if a little baby comes up and tells you something, you might want to listen. You may want to even let them lay their little hands on you and pray. Because you may think it's all cute, but honey, they have power. And their spirits are still very, very close to the Lord and to the things of the, to the, things of the spirit. And so before we're born, we're known. Just imagine that. People want significance. One of the deepest heart cries of life is to be known and understood. That is a God-given desire because we were known before we ever arrived here on the earth. And I want you to be comforted today that if nobody else ever says your name or claps for you, God knows you. He knows your name. He knows what you're doing for him. He knows the impact you're having for him. He knows your heart. He knows how you love, how you give, how you serve. Even if it's never broadcasted, some of the most amazing things that have been done in Christendom, nobody will ever know until we get to heaven where the real rewards start to come in. See, people are walking around today looking for fame and looking for accolades, and we can all get caught up in that. You know, none of us are immune, and we have to pull ourselves back on track. If nobody ever says thank you, as my pastor says, if no one ever says, add a girl, Thank you for blessing me with that word. Thank you for taking the time to pray for me and to labor in the scripture for me so you could bring me what thus saith the Lord. Thank you for caring enough. Guess what? That's not why you do it. That's not why we do it. That shouldn't be our motive. Our motive is to honor God and to obey his will for our lives. And when that does come, praise the Lord. But we're not doing it for that. We're doing it unto him. And then he will reward us. Because what we do in secret will definitely be rewarded openly for better or for worse. So you got to keep that mind frame and that mindset that everything I do, every way I serve and pour myself out for the good of others, God knows. He knows me. I'm known by him. I'm loved by him. I'm approved by him. I'm accepted by him. And your life has significance. Therefore, your destiny has significance and your future has significance. Glory to God. So he says here, you saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day. Think of that. Every day of my life was recorded in your book 
every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now at that, my brother and my sister, my listening friend, if that does not scream of destiny and purpose, then I don't know what does. If that doesn't confirm that you were preceded by purpose, then I don't know what does. And the God who took all this time to know you before you were even here and to write out every day of your life in his book before even one day had passed, the God who took time to do all that, because remember I said God is the most purposeful being there is. He never does anything without a purpose. God is not into wasting his own time. <laughs> you know, we waste our time on a lot of things. Let's be real. We can waste our, times on, our time on social media. We can waste our time in front of the television. Too much TV. We can waste our time with foolish people that have no place being in our presence and in our lives. We can waste our time in a lot of ways, but God... God is not in the business of wasting his own time. So when he does take time to do something, best believe there is a purpose attached to it. And when he took the time to allow you and I to be born into this world, into this earth, there was a purpose already attached to it. There was a destiny already attached to it. And so now... We discover it, we prayerfully embrace it, and we live it out. Because it's there. It's there before heaven. It's there before the throne of God, before the heart of God. And he says, I know what I'm doing. I've got this all planned out. When did you plan it out, Lord? Tell me, tell me, when did you plan it out? Did you plan it out on March 18th when they told us that we had to shelter in place? Is that when you planned it out? Did you plan it out, um, you know, when they said they were going to furlough uh, people from the job? Is that when you planned it out, Lord? No, God is not a reactionary God. He's a revolutionary God. Hallelujah. Before you've even asked, he's already worked it out. He's already seen the end from the beginning. Call the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46, 10 tells us. You will never catch God by surprise. And you will never catch him off guard. So he already knew these days would come. He says, I've already got it planned out to take care of you. Not to harm you. Not to allow disaster to come upon you but to be good to you, to prosper you, and to give you the future that you've hoped for. Hallelujah. That scripture I was just referring to, if you read on down in verse 17 and 18, it's right here. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. Imagine that. God thinks about us so much. You are known, child of God. You're famous in, in heaven. You're famous in the family of God. When God holds up pictures, you know how back in the day, uh, depending on how, how young or old you are, you might remember when you take your school pictures, you get your pictures and they give you all the different little size and there was always that little wallet size. And then your parents will put your picture in the wallet and as soon as somebody asks them about their child, they whip out that picture 
Today we whip out our phones and we say, oh, let me show you. Let me show you. Susie, she just had her school play. Or let me show you, Johnny. You know, he just won um, such and such competition. Or he just played a great football game. Or we just got back from vacation. And we flip out our phones. Back in the day, parents would flip out their wallets and they'd show that little wallet-sized picture of their most precious possession, their child. Well, God has got something along those lines of all of us. And when anybody asks, who is she? Who is he? He lets them know because we are before him. And the Bible says his thoughts for us can't even be numbered. That's why it says he never sleeps nor slumber, slumbers, because he's thinking about us. <laughs> How is he going to bless us? How is he going to take us forward? How is he going to get our attention when he needs to get our attention? Glory to God. And it says, I can't even count them. Verse 18. They outnumber the grains of sand. Again, go back to that, that vision of you at the beach. And all the sand on all the beaches of all the world. And God's thoughts for us, all those grains of sand on every beach, in every place in this earth, they don't even match up to the thoughts that God has for us and about us. So I say again, with a big old Kool-Aid smile, although I hadn't had Kool-Aid in forever and don't really want any, <laughs> if you're wondering, but their destiny isn't canceled. My destiny isn't canceled. Glory to God. Our future is in his hands. And better still, it's gloriously bright in him. I thank you for listening today. And I pray that this message has blessed you. I pray that you will now go forward with renewed courage, renewed hope, Renewed joy, knowing that your Father, your God, your Lord and Savior is very well aware of you and has plans on taking very good care of you. If the podcast has blessed you today, I ask that you be liberal in sharing it with friends, family, anyone that you believe could benefit and be blessed by it. You can listen to us, obviously, on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and follow us, subscribe, like, rate, comment, do the most so that we can continue to get our message out far and wide. Finally, I encourage you to stay connected with me. You can connect with me online at dawnrichards.org, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Dawn Richards Men on Twitter and Instagram, and Dawn Richards Ministries on Facebook. And until we are together again, I pray the grace and peace of God overwhelm your life, that you continue to live intentionally, and you always embrace the good life in Jesus Christ. God bless you.